We're on with Nisha Nishe. What's going on with you, girl? How you doing today? What up, though? I'm great. It's uh, it's good to meet you in person. Um, I think the first time I really, really started recognizing you was when you worked with my uh, friend Kiefer, and uh, you guys shot a music video together. And I thought yeah. that was a pretty awesome music video. And I thought when I saw you for the first time, I was like, oh my god, like just stunning performance and everything, and <laughs> the energy you. is there and everything like that. But then I obviously looked back into seeing your career, and you've accomplished a lot in your career like a significant um amount especially for a female artist in detroit um talk about the beginning stages i know when you were young you know you music was on your mind or entertainment was on your mind take us kind of back to childhood just to start it off uh the first moments you realized you loved music or you wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry mm, well i've been singing all my life i think that's something that just was just like a natural gravitation for me I sang in church in school my aunt and my nana loved when I sang so I just they would always have me sing for them and things like that but I was more so into like sports and like playing basketball and stuff so um when I got in high school I met my mom again in ninth grade and um in 11th grade she passed away so that's what made me kind of let go of basketball and get into the music um at the time I was working at Taco Bell uh, and then I was like, I had interviews and shows and I had so much going on. And I was like, I have to like stop working at Taco Bell to do the mu like take the music seriously. I ended up like hitting up a bunch of managers on Instagram and uh, I found one that eventually reached back to me. And he was like, I want to hear some of your music. And I, was, I didn't respond because I didn't have anyone to back me. You know, I was kind of by myself at the time. So uh, like two weeks later, I sent my my music through to him. He ended up liking it, and you know, from then on, it was history. First of all, what, what, Taco Bell. First of all, all right, right, mm -hmm. all right. Yeah, I, my brother worked at Taco Bell, and his boss was a bitch. Right? <laughs> and he told me the whole experience was fucking horrendous, like terrible, the worst experience. Did you have a good time working at Taco Bell? I don't want to say it was horrible. I, I was working with good people, um, and then at the time, my popularity was increasing so it was a lot of people that would come in and know me which made it cool you know and then just like making money in high school that was just awesome for did me did you feel famous in taco bell did you feel like yo i'm that bitch in taco bell i felt like I, i've always felt like i was that bitch since high school okay. they they like i was popular in school and then at work and just like everywhere i've been i've always just been that girl yeah <laughs> Uh, I know when you were young, obviously you were you were in a foster, you were a fostered, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. um, and I've heard. I mean, everybody, anybody can watch any of your interviews and kind of go through that and go through the motions of it with you. Mm -hmm. But to use that as an expression for your music now, um, is that still relevant to you? Do you still look back at those times to create the music that you're creating now? Absolutely. I actually put out a song called "Things Change," and uh, my aunt she used to always have this camera out when we were younger my sister and i record everything we did so i ended up using those old videotapes um the content from it to create a lyric video for things change <clears throat> when i saw that lyric video i cried and everything because it had been so long since i seen those memories of me enjoying my childhood you know for so long well so many years i was living in this story of being adopted and being abused and being in foster care it almost had became you know, the more stronger version of my reality rather than I did have good times in my childhood. I did play all the sports I wanted to play. I did, you know, church camp. I, I went on vacations. I had a beautiful childhood not outside of the, the trauma that I experienced, you know. And so um, when I came to that reality that 
I didn't really want to just like live in this sob story. I always make sure I tell people like, yeah, I did go through those things, but look at me now. You know what I'm saying? And look where you could be. You know, you can make it through any of that stuff. Abuse, um, sexual abuse, which I've also been through. Um, and you just turn that pain into power. Um, Ypsilanti, um, a lot of people who come from there say there's areas that will resemble Detroit and that your experience, it sounds like there, it sounds exactly similar to a lot of people who come on and talk about their growing up in Detroit, mm -hmm. the trauma induced um, lifestyle. When did you realize like, yo, this, my, my childhood wasn't totally normal. Like, well, was there a moment like this isn't normal or did you always know like this isn't normal? Mm. Yeah, speaking of Ipsy, <laughs> shout out to Polo Frost because I was watching his interview. Oh, cool. You know, I'm from Ipsy too. I'm from the South Side. So um, I realized that uh, that was just like, I forgot what the question was. Well, basically, like, did you, <laughs> <clears throat> did you know while it was happening, like, yo, this isn't normal, like, the life I'm living right now is normal, or did it take a moment, like, one day in the future where you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck? My whole childhood kind of had some fucked up shit going on in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think as I got older, the perspective of what I went through changed. Yeah. So, like, when I was younger, I knew what I was going through wasn't normal because I was, my sister and I were, begging to not go back to where we were so obviously us being uncomfortable right then and there was a sign but as I got older and telling people my story I do have a different story than other people however people go through what I go through and worse so I'm not I don't have the worst story in the world but I do have an inspirational one that can lead people to the light that they might not be able to see yeah, so. no, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of your talks and I, I did see it when I was listening to the stories of the abuse and stuff. It's just like, you know, going through that, enduring that and coming out on top at the end mm -hmm. um, is motivational for anybody, obviously. But there are people going through it, like you said, it's maybe not the same exact thing, but they're feeling some type mm -hmm. of way about it. Uh, if you could shed some light for them a little bit of how to get through those times. I honestly, it took me getting more in tune with myself and self-educating myself on growth as an individual. I think it's important to, like, be still sometimes and just kind of pay attention to what you think is best for you. Some people don't listen to their intuition. I feel like we all have it. Like, yeah, women and men both have intuition, but you just, like, have to be able to tap into it. Women's intuition is obviously stronger. Don't get me wrong. The things that we go through as younger adults or children it doesn't necessarily define who we are today I feel like it does help you know with the growth process and teach us how to move differently and handle situations differently and communicate differently but you know if I based all my decisions in my relationships off of what I went through in the past I wouldn't be treating people with like the present emotion like I, I can't because I was abused as a child be like oh well, now I'm like this. Like, I, this is my thing. A lot of people use the things that they experience as children, trauma, as an excuse for how and why they treat people the way they do in certain relationships. I feel like that is not an excuse because we have every day, every moment, every minute to grow and change and evolve. And if you're not taking the opportunity to do that, then I don't know what to tell you. But like, 
that's a spiritualistic aspect and a lot of people fade away from spirituality because mm-hmm. it's been the word has been corrupted and the idea of it's been corrupted so people stay away from that mm-hmm. they don't believe that you can control your life and take accountability and responsibility for themselves and change yeah. the moment mm-hmm. but you understand that yeah so that's basically what i'm saying is that you do have the control and the power to change your circumstances no matter what you've been through mm-hmm. all in all that is my advice is to take control you know and find happiness and do what is best for you sometimes you got to put yourself first and people think it's selfish obviously but selflessness and selfishness are two different things so agreed uh is this like a reboot for you do you feel like this is a reboot mode right now or what, what kind of stage do you feel like you're in right now reboot man yeah at the i am i'm always constantly in a reboot type of vibe because you know not only am I not where I want to be, but who is, but I'm also still growing and learning every day and like trying to make better decisions. And, you know, I feel like that's a daily process. The reboot is really just me trying to find who I am in regards to just like my music and who I want to be for people, like what kind of impact I want to have on them and things like that. That's really where I'm at. I looked at it like you're this young girl who, when was it? When things started rising for like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody's going to pull you in so many different directions and get yeah, your head filled up with, yeah, and, <laughs> and fill your head with everything and whatnot yeah. like that. So it's just ignorance. Obviously, you're young. People are treating you like you're going to be a star. You're listening to anybody who has the bag or mm-hmm. whoever has promised for you. So have you, do you know what it is now? Have you seen it and overlooked it? Like, I know what the fuck the industry is now. And how do you feel about it right now? I'm I, I'm always in a student state of mind. So I don't feel like I know the industry and the game completely, but I feel like I'm the fact that I'm always willing to learn, it, it won't be long before I'm like just what I need to be in there. But um yeah, being pulled in all those different directions when I first started in just regards to my look and how that I should answer questions in interviews and what to dress and what I can put online and like tattoos. It's just, it goes down to the nitty gritty and how we have the right to change. You know, we have the right to evolve. You know, I might not feel how I felt yesterday about myself. I might want to make a change today. And I feel like as long as you keep people around you that give you the space to do that, then you have the right people around you. But you get people around you who have already created this illusion or this idea of who you are and who you'll become you know and then they do everything in their power to try to get you to be that but and then when you veer off now you're the one that's rebellious and not doing what you know so it's just a lot 2018 I woke up became enlightened and started seeing through my third eye and I was able to express myself in a different way to people my relationships all turned you know and uh I just became more me and more comfortable in who I am that's the interesting part, right? Because when you're ignorant and you're promised things that you never thought you would ever have, you start listening to people and what their strategy is to is create a product out of you, right? How can we make Nisha Nache fucking like sellable as hell or whatever the hell? But it the it contrasts to who you are or it contradicts who you are. And now you're kind of like, okay, I want, I want to be me. I don't want to be what other people are trying to create out of me. Mm-hmm. Do you see reciprocation still from your audience as you're going into your becoming yourself now? The real ones, yeah. Okay. My day ones, they gonna fuck with me regardless of where I'm headed, what kind of music I'm putting out, the things that I experience along my journey. Because really, they're just just appreciative of the journey 
and they like to see me on my way to success because that's no that that's where we're headed there's it's inevitable you know because uh, i'm very self-driven um and this is my passion i love to do music i love to inspire people and uh you're gonna have to outwork me you know what i'm saying yeah. but like yeah yeah that's where i'm at I I do look I do listen to you. What what? That's where I'm at. Oh yeah no 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 yeah no no I see it because I pay attention I pay I paid a lot of attention to everything you've done I pay attention to social media a lot and yeah. I don't know do you do you look at social media as a way to see somebody's progress or do you think that's not anything? I fucking hate social media I swear if I didn't have to be on it I probably wouldn't honestly and um yeah i mean social media is a, an illusion and people can portray whatever and make you think and feel and see whatever they it is they want you to see it's not necessarily their truth True. somebody can look rich as hell on social media and then in person they're broken sh- shit yeah, yeah shoot it's a whole nother conversation but yeah i just i like to base my relationships and my perspectives of people off real life yeah um, well, looking from my perspective, at least as much as that, and I know that doesn't mean too much, but <laughs> looking at your social media and stuff, I did notice like, okay, like stuff's happening, stuff's not happening, stuff's happening, stuff's not happening. What, what's like the in- inconsistency as far as putting it out there? What was causing that? Inconsistency? Not that you weren't working, but that it, the way it's released, the, the way it's coming out. Yeah. The way it comes out and this released. Right now I can't put out music. Okay. Talk so. about it a little bit. It's been about, I don't know, a little over a year, maybe two. Um, and I'm just, right now I'm just in court and I'm battling, figuring out what the next move is with the label that I was with. Um, because I was with Rock Nation for a while. They ended up getting a new president and dropping me. But, um, I mean, after that, everything just went downhill. And I'm not saying that the label I was with, we didn't accomplish anything together or that, you know, we didn't make any movement because we did. However, we like kind of grew, just grew apart. You know what I'm saying? And the communication went left and their idea of me as an artist and who I am of, of a person became diluted for whatever reason. You know, the tattoos, me wanting to get braces, whatever the case was, I had to experience things relationships you know what i'm saying i'm 18 19 i'm in and out not in and out of relationships but i have a relationship or you know and those don't always go well sometimes you get in stuff that makes you distracted from what you're doing like the music you know you get an argument in a relationship the shit didn't distracted you for something you got to do later on the day so you miss out on it it's just stuff like growth yeah. that's the only word and if you don't have the space to grow and evolve it kind of makes it hard to work you know, with people. So, um, yeah. Is that part of you taking accountability for the Rock Nation deal not working out? Or is that just like, okay, I see that part of it, but I don't totally understand why this happened? I can't take accountability for that not working because that wasn't my fault. Like, Rock Nation getting the president and him choosing between whoever artist, whoever it was, and picking this is what I want and don't want didn't have anything to do with me, you know? And uh, obviously that means that there's something bigger out there for me. But I can take accountability for the fact that I'm not perfect, you know? And I did make certain decisions that I've made coming up in my career based off of how I feel and what I want for myself. And I wasn't really considering things around me. It was all about my happiness, you know? So... 
that's really all I can say. I'm not the bad guy here. I've always been a hard worker, very determined, doing above and beyond, you know. So I feel like everything's going to play out how it's supposed to. I cannot wait to put out some new music. I'm sitting on music, on music, five years, four years of music. You know my my catalog is big. No, I've listened to your fucking music, and I don't know if you know. I like I. A lot of people think I I'm good at reviewing music. I've been doing it for a long time, and I really fuck with your music. I really Thank think you. you have a lot of good hits. I especially like the song you did do with Rocky Bad. I, I mean, I really love I, her. That shit was like probably turned into one of my favorite songs from a female artist. Thank I was like, you. Oh, that's actually fucking awesome. Um, but no, like you 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 got everything going on. It's just you can't release, obviously. So it's not like. Nisha Nache doesn't got it. It's literally like you just can't do anything right, right. now. Um, what's the plan once everything comes together with that, with that situation, once the court stuff's all taken care of? Putting out some music. That's going to be the first thing. I mean, you know, I'm going to be honest. I am going to put out music. I'm going to put it out. I'm not going to sell it, but I'm going to put out some music. How are you going to put it out without selling it? Just YouTube uploads yeah. and just not care YouTube, about the monetization? SoundCloud, yeah, type thing, and just keep track of, you know, what it is I need to keep track of. Because the game can, you can't stop the show. It just doesn't make sense to me to not be able to do what it is I am here to do. And that's how I make some of my money. It's not how I make all my money, obviously. But, you know, dropping music and obviously I'm an actress. So I've been taking acting classes in L.A. And um, just focusing on the fact that I'm multi-talented. I'm a jack of all trades and music isn't my only outlet in my source yeah you're an entertainer at the mm-hmm. end of the day exactly there's many, many facets like you can do whatever you want to do with mm-hmm. it talk about the acting career a little bit talk about uh how you even got into it mm, the first movie that i was in it was called uh ring of silence uh the part that they reached out for me to play i think kalani was supposed to kalani was supposed to play that part she ended up having she was busy or doing something like that. I never took acting classes, didn't have a read before the movie. I literally got on set and was like, you know, straight into it. So that was my first one. And then I did Turn of the Cheek and Price of Love by Icewear Vezel. That's on Amazon Prime and Tubi. And uh, I was the main character in that movie. So that was awesome, yeah. you know. And like, I've just, I've just been in love with it ever since. I enjoy doing something different. You know, and I feel like I'm good at it. Shoot. Yeah, no, you can't limit yourself or pigeonhole yourself to just music when you got all the other talents available. Plus, like you said, you can't do anything with music. So it's like right now. So it's like might as well, Mm -hmm. you know, touch these other venues of entertainment, which is awesome. Uh, What are you seeing right now as far as the scene goes in Detroit? Um, You know, the spotlight is on Detroit right now. Everybody's paying attention to the city. Hmm. Uh, What's your uh, perspective of it right now? I agree. The city's on fire right now. Um. And I just, I like that people haven't let up off the gas at all. Like, even when the spotlight isn't on Detroit, all the artists are going hard in the paint, you know, to make sure that our city is put on. Like, me have been doing this for six, seven years. I basically came out right after Dej Loaf. Mm -hmm. And the progression that we've made as a whole in the industry coming from Detroit is huge. Like, 4-2, Vezo, Sada. Myself, T. Grizz, Cash Doll, you feel me, um, Rocky. And these are just to name a few. I really started with like KDZ, Bezo, um, just to name a few. Payroll, I got a song with him. Peasy. I have songs with all Detroit artists. Damn near you can't really name one that I don't have a song with. Mm-hmm. 
at a time I had 11 songs on the radio at one time, maybe eight, uh, eight to 11, but I can exaggerate if I want to. Cause I was, I was, and still am that bitch, but I'm just trying to get back to that, to where I was, you know, doing what I love without feeling stressed out about making everybody happy because you can't please everybody. Not everybody's going to be happy with how you look and how you sound and what you do. Da, 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 but Yeah, clearly you didn't. If you could go back in time, you clearly wouldn't have signed the deal. You would have just done things the way you wanted to do them. Exactly. Would I you, wouldn't have. If I if I would have been more educated, I probably would have took my time with signing the deals. Yeah. Is it Was it just money that got caught your eye or something? Like what caught your eye when it's like, okay, I'm going to make the decision to sign this deal right now? Mm. Was it people telling you to do it? Not saying the money wasn't good. It was good money, but... It wasn't enough money to make me be like, oh, yeah, let me ever sign this deal. It was more so like, oh, I'm like, this is this broadens my horizon. This gives me a way bigger fan base to speak to and inspire. And like all these people, not attention, not fame, but more so just having more people in my cult following. Right, because it's a platform like Rock Nation is right. going to put you out there and market mm-hmm. you. So that was the opportunity that you saw. I was excited for more people to hear my music. Yeah, you know. And do you see any? You see, you do see positives of doing of signing the deal and what it, what it was. But at the end, it's just like the end circumstance of it all was not worth it for you. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with signing a deal as long as it's beneficial in the long run. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it didn't necessarily do anything for me but teach me. Uh, okay, so you don't feel like you got there was any positive positive outcome besides that? Like as far as even just a fan base growth or money or anything like that, do you feel at the end of the day nothing was it wasn't worth it at all pretty much? We accomplished a couple things. Like Rock Nation, I did the Big Sean tour, 16 cities. Um I did get some music uh two videos or something like that put out White Sticks and I'm gonna go crazy. Um and then I had got a whole 11 songs ready for an album that never got put out that I still don't have to this day. So it, I would, we didn't get what we could have got done accomplished, obviously. And that fucking sucks. A whole album's ready pretty much. Yeah. And I was signed to rock nation a year before we made the announcement because you know, my label didn't want, want us to be like, Oh, we're signed to rock nation, but like nothing's really moving. You know, we're not making Rock Nation moves, so let's make the announcement when when things start rolling. And that's what we did. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I ended up making certain decisions that upset some people, had some people disappointed, you know. When did it start clearing up for you? When did everything start clearing up and you understanding what your situation is? Mm, my current manager said... Uh, he ended up just like having my back through all of this, you know, like it's just been me and him for the past couple of years going hard in the paint on some independent out of pocket, making everything shake. But he's also who got me the deal with Rock Nation and the tour and all that with Big Sean. So I realized where my situation was when it when it got to court. I started paying court fees and all that. And I was like, OK, yeah, we just this is this thing got real, you know, and now we're too years in and i'm like yeah it's really real real because i wake up every day with it on my mind you know ready to get the fuck out of this and even if i don't it's not even that i'm willing to pay back whatever money it is that's been spent on me i'm not willing to rekindle a relationship with people who don't give me the opportunity to grow or give me the space to grow and that they don't understand me and that have disrespected me you know because i have been disrespected and i've held my tongue this 
interview is probably the most I've ever spoke on and the most details I've given on the situation. Like, I don't even know if this is going to back whatever on me or whatever, but it's just me being real and how frustrating it could be when I'm trying to be, uh, you know, reasonable and I, and, and even then I'm compromising, I'm giving way more than is deserved, you know? Um, well, you're not the only artist, obviously. There's a lot of people speaking out. Even if you go to like platforms like Say Cheese Digital and there's people saying, yo, my label's fucking screwing me right now or yeah. I can't release music and there's all types of things going on. Like uh, Fetty Wap, I think, has like a similar situation where they like, literally just can't release music for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, and it sucks because it's basically somebody hasn't even a leash, basically. Now, there's no positive outcome to the Slavery. <laughs> yeah, I think you could use the word to some degree. You could probably say slavery to some degree. Now, you're not... So, I mean... There's no outcome for it for you as far as taking care of it with the label. So we have to go to court now. How's court looking and when do you think it's going to be like resolved? Do you have like an estimation of when everything can be over with? I wish I did, but uh, me knowing time is irrelevant. There's no telling. Yeah, it could fix tomorrow. It could fix two years from now. You know, you just never know. But I know where I'm at in my heart. Yeah. I know where I've been willing to meet them at and where they, they're they not willing to meet me at. So that's just reality. Um and I know however it turns out, whether I have to do these certain amount of albums or whether we go our separate ways, they get paid. Whatever the outcome is, it's what's best, it's what God has planned, is what's for me. And so that's what's helped me be positive through this. Like, whatever the outcome is. Where'd you get start getting your spiritual outlook from? Did you start at a young age getting into it or is this something newer for you since, you know, it usually takes pressure to somebody to want to search somewhere else? No, remember I told you 2018 spirituality in 2018 yeah. i woke up one day and i had just started doing like i don't know what it was i lied let me backtrack a couple years right <laughs> like 2014 ish 15 i can't remember what year it was my mom was alive at the time and i was staying with her and i had a friend that came over he texted me he was like i need somebody to talk to can i come over i was like yeah he came over he was like um if you if you see something that you want or you believe in something that you want and you put the feeling to it and the outcome to it, it can be yours. So he was basically telling me about manifestation. He was trying to tell me that my life, I'm in control of my life, you know, um, just basically what we've been talking about. And at the time when he was talking to me, I didn't understand what he was saying necessarily, but I heard him. Yeah. And I heard him being frustrated because he's he had been looking for so many somebody to talk to about this manifestation woke third eye thing and you know sometimes you talk to people and they don't understand they look at you crazy so that i understood he literally needed somebody to talk to and get this off of his chest too and i heard him that day he planted the seed 2018 i read something or came across something that clicked in my mind like this is what he was trying to tell me about he was trying to tell me to manifest my life and create my reality. And now that I know that I can look into the law of attraction and I can look into, you know, these other things, that's what I started doing, researching how I can change my life and tap in and be intuitive and be enlightened. Yeah. And so ever since my life's been different. It's hard to talk about it because obviously like I said, spirituality has been corrupted in America. You know, in my yeah. opinion, I think people take that term and they think, oh, ghosts and like shit like that. Right. It's like weird <laughs> shit. It's like, no, for me, it's just being as in tune with reality as possible. And right? present. Exactly. Yes. Being present. Mm-hmm. I have a guru. He's from India. His name's Sadhguru. Okay. And when I went to visit him for his uh, 
you know, seminar thing, the first day he said to everybody, he said, listen, the first thing is this. If you can't take responsibility for your life, mm-hmm. don't come back on day two and day three. Because that's the first thing you have to start with. You have to take accountability for your life. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take spirituality, spirituality to Detroit, it's interesting. Because it's a hard conversation to have. And I love Detroit. I love it all my heart. Like I say, I'm a guest there. I love it. I always want to represent it to the my full heart. But spirituality in Detroit is like the hardest thing to talk about. It's almost like there's a mindset and this is how I rock and roll. And I'm not going to take the other approach. Mm-hmm. But then if you really get to talk to a Detroiter, the average Detroiter, the real roots of them are spiritual. But it's like it's almost like it's been covered up by all these other things. Yeah, diluted. Yeah, it's like diluted, exactly. Mm-hmm. But everybody always has real ass shit to say when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, spirituality for you, is that something you want to express to people in the future? Or like, how, how would you come about bringing that to light for people? If you could, would you want to bring spirituality to an outlook? Would you want people to recognize it from your city or from your music or anything like that? Or are you afraid to touch that? Because a lot of people look down upon once they start, like no offense to NLE Chopper, like, but basically he put out the spiritual kind of, you know, presidents in himself, but it's kind of like a lot of people are like, oh, we don't fuck with that. So are you afraid to bring that up or do you even care to bring that up? Oh, I'm not scared. I'm not scared to live in my truth or my reality, which is that I am an enlightened woman, you know, and I can't have a conversation with just anybody because they can't keep up anyway. So there's nothing wrong with spreading one. Spirituality doesn't necessarily mean that you don't believe in God or anything like that, because I believe in God wholeheartedly. And I know that God has everything to do with why I am where I am now. And I feel like we are made in God's liking, meaning that we have the power to do what God does, which is create our realities. Um, So I have a problem with just like giving this enlightenment and information to just anybody because I feel like people don't necessarily digest it well. And so I don't just talk about it to just anybody. But if if I feel like someone is open to it, yeah, of course, I'll talk about it. And I have brought it up in my music. Sometimes I can't give you a line I've said specifically right now, but I feel like being enlightened and being present has everything to do with success. And we might not everyone su- successful might not be enlightened or woke, you know, but I feel like that's how you get. You're able to handle everyone when you're enlightened and woke and present. And you're able to deal with any type of person. That's how you reach success. Those bitter, like evil, asshole ass people. Like, you got to be able to deal with them. Yeah, like you said earlier, like you don't take a moment that's happened to you in your past and say, "I'm going to use this against the people of the future." Right. You kind of start every day as brand new as you possibly can. I try. Yeah, everybody tries. Like even like if you meet somebody and you know somebody your whole life, you got to give them a chance the next day. To show that maybe they've improved or done something differently. Yes, 100%. Yeah, because I'm sure there's been a point in your life where, like, there was two different niches. Like, one was, like, yeah, yo, that, that's not, that wasn't. Oh, yeah, I'm a Gemini. Yeah, the multiple personality. Uh, there. there you go. Me, Kanye, Kanye and myself have the same birthday, same day and everything. Do you, what do you think about Kanye? I love him. I feel like people have him misconstrued because he's very expressive, like myself. When I get mad or, like, I'm in one of those, like, rants where I'm going and I have a lot to say, I'm going to say it. And, like, it's some people in the room that are offended or feel like I'm being too, ah, or whatever. But that's just how we are. We're expressive. Gemini's. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But I also see some lunacy to it at the same time. He got a little bit of lunacy to him, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, he makes sense. 
and I respect him for being comfortable in his like expression. You just know you might meet him one day, so you're just saying all the good things. Oh you yeah, can I don't want nobody to judge me if I ever go a little loony. You See, know what I can saying? say anything I want about Kanye West because I know I'm never gonna meet the motherfucker. But you can't say shit about Kanye West. I love Kanye and his music and his attitude and. I, there's some things I feel like yes he could have maybe did a little differently but I'm not here to judge facts facts he does make all. some fire shoes I'm not gonna lie he mm-hmm. has some nice clothing line and fire also. music yeah he does no he's a legend I mean the guy's a geni- musical genius um, you're obviously talented as uh, talented with music but technically inclined as well how did you get the ability to sing at the levels you're able to and hit the notes you're able to hit practicing by yourself or did you have a trainer for a long time it was just myself practicing opera music and singing in the shower and stuff like that um and then i got with brandon smith from detroit he's a a artist developer and um he took me up 10 notches performance wise and singing wise and stuff like that so yeah if you guys are ever in detroit check out brandon star factory I have a problem with a lot of people not learning to actually sing and just kind of fake it or auto-tune it. <laughs> so when they hear you, it's like, oh, she's actually hitting these notes. I was watching an interview with you, and at the end of the interview, they actually had you sing, and I was like, what, what the fuck? Like, I sang? You, you, they had you recite a verse or something. Did I do it? Yes, you did it. Oh. I can pull it up for you and show it to you. Oh. But you were hitting me. You were like really yelling and putting all of your energy into it. And I was like, holy shit, that's raw. Okay, that's so, what's up. Yeah, so the tech, uh, that's when I noticed the technical ability. The theory is there. Mm-hmm. You work with Halava. That guy is totally theoretically Awesome. Yeah, insane. Um, and I really, like he's one of the first people to ever support me and show me love like constantly. Um, but I noticed you guys working together is always legendary. The song always comes out right. Talk about that collaboration. Yes, so I did my one of my first big records with Helleva, um on a cloud, uh, and that was just a song basically about me upcoming from where I've been been through and where I'm at now. So it was just like a the evolution of Nisha, and then we did I'ma Go Crazy, which now is almost at a million, eleven million, 11 million views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. so we just have a natural connection in the studio, and he pushes me to go hard in the paint, you know. Um, we haven't done really, like, we haven't gotten the studio recently, but we still have some songs that we're sitting on that are amazing. Some of my best songs, I obviously haven't been able to put out. Right. But, yeah, people are sleeping on hell of a, and Primo, Sparks Beats, shout out to everybody that I, you know, fuck with. Um, it's a long list of people, Dre Butters, Jay West. I don't want to just, I hate naming off people, because then when I miss the name, I be feeling like shit when I go to sleep the night. Yeah. <laughs> I go to sleep at night. Tell but, me um, about it. Yeah, uh, um, who can I think of? Heisenberg. Who else I got So you worked with pretty much every producer in Detroit that has like a name for themselves. That's the thing about me. I will work. I'm work I'm willing to work with whoever loves music and genuinely wants to fuck with me. It's weird to me because people just don't really necessarily reach out like that. One thing I never understood or knew about is if you do get signed, I thought they had like, okay, you're going to work with this person or you're going to work with that person. Does that not work like that? Did you get to decide who you get to work with or how does that work? Um, I feel like maybe if you sign to a label, they bring you certain artists or they uh, submit your song to artists to and then like wait for a response or something. I don't know. Well, when you get signed, when you got signed, you could say, oh, well, I'm going to make the song with Helleva. So you, you, you can make those decisions and say, I'm making this track with Helleva. Yeah, I was making songs with Helleva before I got signed. 
Right, but I'm saying like you can make that decision while you're saying like I'm gonna work with whoever I want to work with and create I think the best. So. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just I was just curious about that mm-hmm. just to get that knowledge in. Um. Yeah. But he's the hottest producer. Him and obviously R. J. Lamont are uh, just top producers mm-hmm. in Detroit. Totally uh, inclined with technical ability. Now, do do you look at other female artists right now in Detroit? Um. Is there competitiveness to it, or is it like you want to come together, or how do you look at the female artists in Detroit? I love all the female artists in Detroit. I, I have no hate for any female artists. I don't have any competition towards them. I don't feel like I'm better or bigger or anything than any of them. And I'm also, like I said, open to working. What I do feel like is that people need to let the wall down or whatever type of thing they have going on. And let's work. I, outside of all the other shit, the, you know, whatever. I just feel like let's work. Let's get in the studio. Let's work. I don't, I'll be ready to work. That's it. And I don't I don't really get that same reciprocation from a lot of people. You see who I got songs with in the city. So that's just where I'm at. And since I've been doing this, I feel like you reach out to certain artists, they either going to fuck with you or they ain't when they're ready. Do you feel like some female artists are intimidated to reach out to you? Maybe. Do you are you leaving the door open for them to say hi, like and just approach you, or do you feel like you would know if they're ready or not just by if their name is out there? I mean, both. If I want to work with the artist, female artist, I'm gonna reach out to her, and then the space is always open for her to reach out to me because I don't feel like I come off like you bitches could never and don't. What? Even though I do talk that shit, <laughs> I do say you bitches could never because in a sense they could never be me or do me. But like I'm still open. I'm cool as hell. I love working. Um, it's a couple females in the city that didn't try, thought they came at me like tried to little dog me and shit. But I don't be with that. I'm an honorable woman. I'm cool as fuck. I like to work. I am friends with whoever female artists in the city I want to be friends with. I don't have them type of problems. A bitch be beefing with herself trying to beef with me every time because I don't give that shit energy. Um, but outside of that, I got mad love for all the female artists. And I've always shown love since day one. That's never going to change about me. Unless I people bitch on some fake shit. <laughs> talk about uh, working with Big Sean. Uh, talk about touring and what's... Uh, did you ever imagine that? It was insane for me. It was insane? Oh, yeah. What? I had never been in, in a crowd of that many people. Like, the shows were huge. These are sold-out arenas. Showed out, sold out, like, theaters and and... and I mean, and for my first tour, 16 cities... And I'm with Big Sean out of Detroit. Like, you cannot, you can't beat that. What? I felt like the shit. I mean, I still feel like the shit. But at the time, I was like, God has chosen me to do this, you know. And I learned a lot from him on tour, from his performances to him telling me and talking to me and teaching me things. Like, don't do things that don't feel right with your spirit. You know, um, I was mad because I was young and I was like trying to figure out why I didn't make any money off the tour. But. When I got, you know, a little time went by, I realized that there's a bigger picture to all of this. It's not always about the money. And I got a lot of exposure, you know, from that. It's a lot of people that know me from that tour. So I couldn't even be mad. I was more so mad that I was like told I would get some money and then didn't. <laughs> so I was like, you know, whatever. But other than that, it was enjoyable. It was unforgettable for me. Shout out to Big Sean for having me. I was the only female, you know, on the tour. So. What do you think made them cool. say, like, they, I mean, Nisha Nay has to come on this with us. 
Nisha Nisha. Nisha, I'm sorry. I was talking. It's all good. I slipped. I slipped <laughs> up. I, it's the fucking, it's the Jack Daniels or whatever it says. I, we ended up going in the studio with Big Sean before we went on tour. So I went to his house in his studio and we chopped it up, listened to his new album before it came out and, you know, just had a conversation. And then when I signed to Rock, we did the tour. And that's what's the experience happened. of what's the experience of talking to him like uh obviously so established and just learning from somebody like that was there any like gems that you got from him like i said the main gem was just to stick to what i feel in my spirit you know and not do things that that don't sit right with me that i don't feel good about yeah. um and his worth his work ethic is one of a kind obviously um just seeing him in person in a studio he left me in his studio to record you know which i felt so under pressure about oh my gosh what the fuck if you're by yourself though were you by yourself i mean i was with my team yeah but what's the pressure coming from creativity like i felt like i needed to you know up my game i'm on big i'm with big sean i gotta come big sean vibes like level you know gotta be on point so I mean, I was in the studio with French Montana, too. He left me in his studio to record, and my anxiety was through the roof. I'm like, I don't know if I could come up with something he's going to like. Like, you know, it was it was stress. What was the outcome for all of it for you? Like, when you when you when when everything is said and done, did you feel like you did things the way you wanted to do them? I did things to the best of my ability, and that's all I could have did. It might not have been to my liking, but I did my best. And that's all we can do in our moments of living is our best right then and there. Has any song that you've come out with that's been a hit have had that type of pressure or the ones that have no pressure are the ones that come out as hits for you? Pressure, pressure, pressure. Everything for me is pressure because I'm such a critical thinker about everything. I'm like perfectionist type vibes, be like redoing shit a hundred trillion times, whatever. Um... But yeah, uh, feature wise, mm. that it? just in general, like does pressure make did pressure make any of your hit songs or was it kind of were you more of a relaxed like I'm going to go in the studio today and just talk my shit or has it ever been in this you're in the studio like, OK, I got to come up with a hit right now. I feel like, yeah, some days I go in there like I got to make a hit and some days I go in there like, let me just chill out and just record, you know, how I'm feeling or whatever the case might be. But I feel like all my songs are hits, so fuck with me. So it doesn't matter which way you go in the studio. At the end of the day, you're going to fucking come out with something that's oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, least, least going to be sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like once you do come out, there's not that many female artists. Okay, I know everybody's going to gets mad when you say that in Detroit. There's really not that many female artists that are popping off in Detroit. It's literally like a handful for real. Compared to the male artists, it's a handful. Yeah, literally, there's not there's not many, and I'm not gonna name names because I won't get in trouble. But you know, you're there. It's just right now they're able to do shit. You're not able to do shit. That's the only difference. Um, male artists. So let's talk about that uh, for a second. What are you seeing from the male end, or just the whole Detroit scene that you kind of wish was different right now? Do you think is everything going? Do you think the way it should be going, or is there anything you wish was kind of different? Well, the way Peasy and Vezo and them be working as a team to put everybody in, around them on and, you know, build up their circle around them, I feel like more people should be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially women. It's unfortunate. Women don't link up like that in the city, artist-wise, because I'm cool with that type of shit. I be wanting to link up, get in the studio, do content, you know? That's how I am, but... <sighs> Like I said, we're doing the best we can right now in this moment. As long as we continue to, like, steal, sharpen, steal. And I don't feel like we're all 
where we want to be, like I said in the beginning, but we can't forget where we came from, you know, and we can't be hesitant to bring people up with us. You know, it ain't about putting somebody on completely and like completely changing their life in a day and shit. Like that's some Kylie Jenner ass shit. You feel me? But <laughs> it's just about making sure you look out for the people that looked out for you coming up. You feel me? So, like Polo Frost and I, we started back way when before we both got on and popping, and we got a song from way back then, maybe a couple. So it'd be shit like that, and we've done songs when we both got popping now when we're. It's just like you just keep going, you know, and you look at the bigger picture and you fuck with the people that fuck with you. That's how I am. I used to be mad, like, I be showing love and people don't show love back, you know? Yeah. I still be mad sometimes, like, what the fuck? Because I'm a genuine person. I show love and I, I always have shown love. It's not a problem with me. And it just be like, but like now I focus more on love and I try to be more like love every day and fuck a hater. And fuck if they ain't supporting. Do you read like a book? Is there a certain book that's helping you kind of guide throughout that? Because I feel like you're waking up with like kind of a system in your mind a little bit. Um, do you like read any? Are you like reading something or are you just like following the practice that you established? I do read here and there uh, like affirmation books and I like to write in my diary and stuff like that. And I try to keep people around me who are also enlightened who are bigger than me and higher than me so I could keep learning. I don't like to be around people I can't learn from and enlighten me. I want to I want to be with people who teach me how to be better, how to get to the money, how to be more present, how to handle situations more accordingly. I don't want to be around the shit that's be beneath me. And it's a lot of shit that's beneath me. I didn't realize that shit until I started getting bigger. People be like, oh, you're so Hollywood. No, you're beneath me. Your energy, your frequency, where your your mindset is beneath me. I'm not saying you're worse than me or you're broker or, you know, I'm not devaluing you. What I'm saying is I don't have time to come down here to like, it's like climbing a mountain. You got the motherfucker down there. You keep on yelling at them. Come on, hurry up. And they moving so slow. You didn't have to climb down there to bring them back up the mountain with you. You know, already been to the top. Who has time for that? I don't. I'm going to love you from a distance every time. I think Kobe said something about that. He said, like, if you, if my teammate doesn't have the same work ethic as me, we're never even going to have the same conversations. Mm -hmm. He's like, you have to be on the court doing the same things I do. I don't care if I'm better than you at the game. You have to be that's doing the same thing as me. Shit. Yeah. That's some real shit. Yeah. No, it's true, though. I understand what you're saying because you just want to keep moving forward. And they always say the circle of people around you is what decides where you're going to be in the future, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you decide the people that are around you? Is it just because you're going to learn from them or is it trust? What? brings what um lets you attract people towards you and keep them around you i feel like even that is a learning experience for me daily because i have had some people in my life that's betrayed me um since starting my career and i've had to cut off friends and you know things like that um but i feel like my circle has been the most important thing for me because all the materialistic shit and the career and the money all that shit can leave tomorrow but if you got a friend, like a real genuine friend that fuck with you, regardless if you got money, if you got a house, a car, like that's that's priceless. You can't find that shit just anywhere. You know, if my career ended tomorrow. I would want the people that would fuck with me, whether or not I'm popping or not, to still be around me and keep me. Girl, you look where like you could still you did that. Like, come on, keep going. Motivate me. Push me. That's the type of people I need around me. I had some bullshit ass people around me. I was a bull. I had this assistant one time. Never mind, we ain't gonna talk about it. 
<laughs> What's wrong with it? Uh, man, you just got to be careful who you have in your life and who you have around you because I'm so personable that I get close to people, you know? And I had to learn that you can't get close to every fucking body. You can't let everybody in. Like, you literally have to leave people at fan distance or yeah. business distance, you know? Can't always be acquaintances and friends. So I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah, look what happened to Selena. She got fucking shot by her manager. You know what Man. I mean? They got to know her. I didn't figure Rest out until I watched the fucking movie. I didn't even know. I'm watching this movie like, yeah, she's sweet. And I didn't even know she was dead. And then in the end, I was like, God damn, manage, like, damn, this is a turn of events over here. But I see what you're saying. It's the people you come up with usually are the people who stick around with you. My and circle's pretty much the same. Yeah. But also, I feel like you do change your business partners often. I, I feel like that's not... You do have some of the same people around, but you're... Until you find that perfect team, you have to swap out. Like, you can't just... Some people... You gotta build have the perfect team. Have you ever fucked up, though? Have you ever been like, God damn it, I, I probably should have kept that girl around? Or like, oh, I was overthinking that. Have you ever, like, went star mode for a second and, like, ever regretted it? Like... Because there is points... Okay, you're hitting millions and millions of views from a girl who was working at Taco Bell, like, a week ago, right? And now, all of a sudden, you're fucking famous and shit. Do you ever feel like you went... You, you had an overboard moment as an artist? Um... I personally never really made those decisions back when I was signed to the label in regards to who my makeup was, who was dressing me and shit. They made those decisions and they made the decision on whether or not they wanted to keep them around and pay them. You know, it wasn't necessarily up to me because no, I'm, I'm not about, paying them. I'm talking <laughs> like friends and shit. Like, oh, well, nah, shit. If I cut you off, it's for a reason. And I probably didn't gave you two, three opportunities to make it right. And you didn't. So I just moved on with my shit and I, and then i am forgiving so it has been people that i have stopped fucking with on the business shit or friendship and we still talk here and there or i'll you know still be cordial with them when i see them i'm not no just like hardcore don't give a fuck fuck you ass person i'm just very much about my peace how, how uh is it easy to manage like being i know i use the word bitch but I, you know what i mean when i say bitch but being the bitch, but at the same time being spiritual. Like, because it, it, it clashes sometimes, right? Like, you're trying to be like, all right, I got to be. But then at the same time. So talk about how you manage doing that. Because I see it. I, like, I sense it even now. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, what elegant, how elegantly spoken. And then the next <laughs> thing I'm like, wait, this seems like Detroit right now. Like, what's going on? It's like totally Detroit. How do yeah. you manage that? Mm, that's why I call, well, I basically call my, my music R&B trap. Mm. It's a mixture of my elegancy and my... Goodness, because your girl is very much uh, like a healthy, a healthy balance of both. But I'm an alpha woman, so. It's impossible. These are too many things happening at once. You what? Can't, you can't be all these three things at once. It has to be like, all right, either I'm that like 90% and 10% that or like no. you can't be three different ways of something. Yes, I am. I'm both masculine and feminine, which everyone is. You're masculine and feminine because you have creativity in you. You uh, love. You have compassion for people, right? But you're also also masculine because I'm sure you provide for people. I'm sure you, you know, uh, whatever other masculine yes, thing. I get freaky. Yeah, protective, yeah, yeah, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, right. We all have masculinity and femininity in us. But as women, the femininity is higher. And as men, the masculinity is higher. So it's just about finding a, a equal balance. Like, I'm very assertive as a woman. Um, but I can be submissive when I have a man that I feel like can lead me properly and I'm comfortable and feel secure with him, you know, but you can't bitch me around and like little dog me and treat me like I don't hold my own and get my own money and have my own job and career. And I'm not an adult. You know that, what I'm saying? That's a hard find. 
Right? I ain't gonna have no man trying to treat me like he more alpha than me. I mean, we can be equal. Okay. Men be trying to bring you down here because you're a woman. And nah, fuck that. We can be, we can both elevate together. Yeah, but you just said you like, you, there's a guy that's right for being submissive for her. There is. And I'm very all for that. I'm not for a man trying to. But then how is he going to not be more alpha than you? He can be. How? I'm going to give him the space and opportunity to be that. So you want to be more alpha than the guy you do? No, I don't. Okay. So, mm-hmm. okay. I miss, I miss There's him. a difference between being submissive and being disrespected. You know, you can show people a, a, an understanding and a respect for them for them as a person, and that's when they can be comfortable enough with you to be submissive. If you're, they're not comfortable, it's not being submissive and dominant. You're being abusive. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're okay. Being, so you guys are on some different terminology type shit. All right, I get it. Yeah. The, the thing is, yes, we are as men and women made to be each other's equals in a sense like whatever you can't do i got you whatever you can do i got you that's what it's meant to be but you get with these people who i read this thing that said sometimes you get a man who only knows how to provide and he feels like that's what love is providing i'm gonna provide for you but i'm gonna still be emotionally unstable and i'm gonna still be controlling and i'm still gonna be insecure but i'm gonna provide for you and hopefully that makes all these insecurities and the controllingness and possessing it okay with you. Yeah. You're going to be cool with it because I'm. you ain't got to come out your pocket. But I'm not with that type of shit. I'm with a man that has his own, that has security, that is confident in himself, has his own money. I got my own money. So I'm like, and it can pick up where I am slacking because I'm not, I'm like, I'm not saying I'm hard headed, but. I need a man that's going to give me some direction and some guidance and put his foot down. Have you found anybody that's even close to that in your life? I don't know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is unrealistic expectations. How is that unrealistic? Because it hasn't happened yet, clearly. It's going to happen one day. So either that means something's wrong with you, which I doubt it, but... I won't settle until then. What if the guy has everything you want, but he's like kind of broke? Now I'm going to figure out how to help him get some money. See, that's he. And then you guys need to take lessons from that. Because when I was broke, man, I just remember every girl leaving me once she figured out I was broke. But I appreciate that. You would try to make me feel rich. You would try to find ways to get me rich is what you would try to do. I've never been a type of bitch to if a nigga broke. I, 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 I'm like that kind of now because I've always been the helper in my relationships or the not provider, but the one who just makes more money. You know, but it's not, a, I'm not against that, but I'm ready for a man that can do way more than I could do for myself. What's been your worst experience being in a relationship? Something that you can sniff out right away and know like, okay, this is not for me. And I lied. I'm not ready. I just said I'm ready for a man. I'm not ready for no man. I don't want a man. <laughs> I'm trying to be single as long as motherfucking possible. Like you that's what, that. yeah, I'm enjoying my single life. Yeah. And um, what was your question? Because we can get to that question, but I am enjoying my single life. No, we can talk about the single life for a second here. Mm, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's many perks to it, obviously. But there's many downfalls to it. You don't have somebody to go home to every night and somebody yeah. you can trust and rely on and know that they're there for you. But I do. Oh. Even in my single life, I have, I'm not going to say I don't have anyone in my corner that genuinely looks out for me and has my back and takes the load off because I do. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I'm ready for the commitment that comes with it. Is that because you, were you like in a relationship in the Yeah. Okay. So you weren't for alone. Too long. T- yeah, it happens. So now you're, you're, you're patiently waiting for their, your, to recover, I'm assuming. I'm patiently healing. Healing, right. Yeah, you have to. And getting back in touch with myself because I... And I'm refusing to settle. 
because even though I was in that relationship for so long and I was happy and I did enjoy the person, I was settling. Damn. Would you have married if you, if would you have ever gotten married? It's going to be hard to marry me, to be honest, because I'm a Gemini and I'm not the. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this, this relationship that you're just talking about. The reason it sucks to hear that is because it sounds like you can just be a woman that's totally satisfied with a guy, but still just like, it's not it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything can be right. But it just doesn't work. But everything wasn't right. Oh, I mean, it seemed like everything was cool. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything was as close to be as cool as possible. Nah, man. It, it's, it's never... I feel like I've never been in a relationship where a man hasn't been insecure. That's normal, though. It, too insecure. Oh, too insecure. Okay. To where it makes it hard for me to work, hard for me to focus, to communicate with them, and things like that. Like, too insecure. Because you're in the entertainment industry, so you're always around everybody. So that makes the guy at home like, what the fuck is she doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or want to go with me everywhere. Ugh. And why? Why? Because when you go to studios, a producer or a rapper is going to hit on you 99.9% of the time. So, yeah, you just go with me and stare at them and it'll make everything better. That's true, too. But I understand why every man would be insecure of having a fucking beautiful rapping fucking artist go around the whole world. Dubai, wherever the fuck you're at, and everybody's hitting on you and all that shit. Thank you. I'm just saying, I can see why a motherfucker would be insecure. Now, if the tables are reversed, or you flip the table, like, and your guy is out there and he's some major artist, aren't you going to be like, damn, what the fuck's he doing right now? <sighs> I probably would be like that, but I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> as long as I can. If it gets to the point where I'm so uncomfortable about where he's at and what he's doing, I'm going to cut it off. I don't want to deal with it. I'm. Mm. I'm more so looking out for my peace of mind because I am kind of manic. You don't want to play with me. If I get to creating this shit in my head and then it, it like one plus one equals two for real, it's over for whoever. So once I'm uncomfortable, that's just that. I feel like everything will flow naturally. When, when some shit is really meant to be for me, it'll be that. I'll be so happy. It'll be natural. I won't be stressed out. You know, want to pay no bills. You know what I'm saying? Would you rather date a celebrity or would you rather date a regular that has it all together, though. A celebrity or a regular person. That has it all together. That has it all together. The guy, the regular guy has it all together. Like, he has a job. He's, he's a secure dude. Regular. You go with a regular dude? I would. Oh, God. I would. I feel like it just saves 40% of the headache. Yeah, but how do you how do you even find that guy? Because once you tell him you're Nisha Nache, he's going to be like, oh, shit. Like, don't you think he's going to, like, trip a little bit and be like, oh, shit. Like you can't trust anybody. That's my whole point. Can oh, you trust? Yeah. Can you trust any regular? You can't trust a regular guy. That's why I brought that up. Because you can trust a celebrity because they know the lifestyle. But can you though? Because they know the lifestyle and they know how to work around it and sneak between the little holes and do little shit that you don't know they're doing. Yeah, but at the same time, a regular guy might look at you differently because he just you're think, famous. Yeah, because you're famous. Yeah. She might take care of me a little bit more. Or she might be able to do this and that for me. Uh-huh. So you can't trust anybody. At this no, point. you can't. Damn. It's all a chance you're taking. You got to be willing to take the chance, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm willing to take the chance, but I'm not willing to waste any more of my time. Yeah, 100%. With yeah. anyone. Like, I am I love love. I've always been a in love type of love type of person. But as I get older and my peace has become so much more important to me and my success and my health and just like my mind and everything is just I don't have time. What's your formula for recovering from heartbreak? <laughs> Weed. <laughs> okay, it's got to be more than that, though. <laughs> you can't smoke your problems away, all right? I know ice cream has to be involved somewhere. Make some music if you do music. Get out, be active, like go to the gym. 
um, and get around people that you love, you know, just stay around good energy. Heartbreak is a mindset. When you're attached to something, you get heartbroken. When you're not attached to it and you have a detachment and an unconditional love for something, whether or not it's where you want it to be or somewhere else, you still love it, you know? Mm. And you can't be heartbroken for something that was never yours in the first place. We are not anyone's property. We don't own anyone. And if someone makes the decision tomorrow to say, I don't want to be with you anymore, that's fine. I still love you. And I wish you the best. I ain't never got to talk to your ass again. But that's just, I'm sending you well wishes. I hope everything works out for you. God must have something greater for me. And that's how I think about life. Like, anything that's meant for me is going to be for me at all times. So that's why you don't worry about anything. You don't worry about anything because you know you're going to be at the right place at the right time for whatever comes. Mm -hmm. And I know the blunt waiting on me. <laughs> you want to smoke weed so bad I can tell <laughs> yeah I, I started I... my own strain on a cloud exotics okay cool yeah right now it's kind of on a down low because I'm trying to like um you know build up the marketing and get it bigger and everything but yeah I did come up with my own little whoop whop uh how's it do you can't move it right now you haven't been able to sell it or is it just come as a brand now or what's the product that right that's just sell like crack I ain't gonna oh, lie okay, to you yeah. but as of this year I haven't like read up the strain mm. so i'm just kind of just stuck right now but eventually i'm gonna come back out with it and it's gonna go crazy yeah no i think uh weed's becoming like federally legal now or something like that federally legal federally legal oh like yeah 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 so basically like um do you do you, do you have any opinions about that as far as like how are you gonna be able to market after it becomes legal competition from fucking Amazon and Walmart or whatever the fuck selling weed at that point or do you not even pay attention to that shit? So many weed brands and strains. If I thought about competition, I probably wouldn't even have done what I did. Yeah. There's so many like and then you know in LA they do weed maps and shit. Yeah. You can order weed and get it delivered to you like DoorDash. <laughs> and I did that so many times when I was out there, but it was amazing. But like yeah, that stuff. Trying to get trying to get Part of my strain in like uh, the metrics in the dispensaries and keeping some of it in the streets. Shoot, where the real niggas at? Where they don't go to the dispensaries? What has been like the craziest experience so far of you besides the tour? Obviously, you were on tour with Big Sean, but like big craziest experience like that moment that was happening for you. That's like this is too surreal for this to even be happening. Hmm. hmm. Look at me thinking. How do I look thinking? Do I look good? Amazing. <laughs> um, surreal for me. Hmm. There wasn't a moment that like it was happening. And you're like, I can't fucking believe this is happening right now. Yeah, but it was negative. Damn. All the Rock Nation shit. Nah, I was in the studio with Detail. Um, I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's produced some of like the biggest records and shit in the world. And uh, yeah. he tried to touch me. Whoa. Yeah, while I was recording. And I was young, so at the time I was scared and like just uh, confused. I didn't know. My team was there and everything. I didn't, I didn't even want to tell them. I didn't want nobody to die. Mm. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should stop. Everybody stop. He's trying to <laughs> die. You know what I'm saying? Or if I should just keep going. So I just kept going. I did the 12 records that night. Never saw those records again. Damn. Um, and then, you know, years later down the line, I saw stories of other girls who experienced that with him. And uh, 
he ended up getting locked up for it. He's locked up right now. I think he's like got a whole high ass bond and shit. But yeah, that was crazy for me. I and it didn't register to me until later on down the line that you know that was a crazy experience for me. Yeah. I never thought I would go through something like that. <clears throat> but, also, just, yeah, just just during the studio session, obviously he's just like rap, like groping or like just fucking yeah. getting too close, basically. That fucking sucks. And there was mm-hmm. like a whole news uh, report about that and everything. Already? Yeah, about him doing that to other uh, other female artists. Um, obviously, I didn't come out about it or really. T- I did make a post at some point about it on my Instagram, but I never made it like a a huge thing, you know. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. I feel like. Don't be scared to speak up, though. I wish I would have, you know, but I was scared. I went through molestation as a child, didn't speak up really then about it. So I guess it was just like a trauma thing. I was just scared. And uh, I'm just glad that nobody else should have to deal with that, you know, and we should be able to focus on our creativity and really doing what we love without feeling like, oh, you know, this might be a threat to our our bodies or whatever. You know, that shit was just wild. Yeah, I mean, the whole Me Too movement was basically that. Yeah. And even in the music industry, obviously, it happens, like, probably insanely more than Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, just some guy's studio. At least yeah. in Hollywood, it's, like, you know, I guess it's a little bit different. But mm-hmm. um, that stuff's kind of dying now, right? Like, Me Too is, like, it's harder to get away with that shit nowadays. It's harder to, way to like, fucking flirt with a girl or anything like that. But yeah. do you see, like, a downside to it at all? Do you see a downside to not being able to, like, flirt in the industry as much or, like connect with people on the levels that might be like you're trying to start a relationship or whatever the hell like or do you see it as leave business for business and then if you meet somebody somewhere else that's somewhere else (laughs) i don't think the internet helps anything i don't think the internet is helpful to shit we have going on relationships or anything because you can go out on a date with someone it could be the first date you guys just met haven't talked long and then people see it and they're like oh they've been dating for you know, or like whatever might be going on. I don't know. I hate the internet. <laughs> and I feel like we should have the space to talk to people and deal with people however we choose to. Yeah. Fuck what everybody else got to say. I understand you hate the internet and shit, but you do think about the fact that if it wasn't for the internet, you know what I'm saying? Who knows how fast our career could have launched, if it would have launched slower or how differently it would have been. Oh, 100%. But I'm not against passing out CDs either. I was passing out CDs when I first started. Just getting CDs pressed out by the thousands, going to all my shows, passing them out. And that was before Instagram was super popular, mm. you know? So. Oh, so you got to go through the hard grind. You yeah. got to go through the actual, like, fucking 1990s yeah, shit. Yeah, flyer CDs, you yeah. know, right at the beginning of my career. Mm. When that shit transitioned, obviously, you know, that wasn't a problem. But I'm so not against personal promo putting stickers up at gas stations and shit like that <laughs> like a fan a day keep a hater away you feel me so you know it's funny if you do you know that apple music says your name wrong it does i'm pretty sure it does because i try I, hold on siri says my name wrong that's what i'm saying so hey siri play nisha nashe on apple music <sighs> Okay, they didn't get you right the first play, time. Uh, say Boss Up by Nisha Nache. Okay. Hey, Siri. Play Boss Up by Nisha Nache. I find boss up. Oh, you have to have it on your playlist. No, 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 no. I played you earlier. I had you. Was, hey, Siri. Play. Hey, Siri, dumb bitch. Play Nisha. All right, my bad. <laughs> my fault. I'm sorry. Hey, hey Siri. 
Hey Siri. P- hey Siri. Oh, she's mad at me now. Siri but listen, is not fucking with you. Yeah, she don't fuck with me no more. But I heard it because it was like niche in the, sh- in the chat. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, that that sucks that that happened, that they're doing. Yeah, like, they just don't. It know is how a to little bit it. of a difficult last name to say. It's not your last name, obviously. It's it's my middle name. Yeah, right. And my middle name is actually spelled N A S H A E apostrophe. Mm. Not N E S H A E. But you have to make it easier for the audience. I know. I didn't know what my name was spelled like until after I named myself that. Oh. Wait, what? I had to ask my aunt how my middle name was spelled on my birth certificate. And I asked her after I named myself Nishay with the E. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. That's because obviously you were transitioning to families and all that stuff. Was that the time that was happening or? No, no, no. Oh. When I first started doing the music and I oh. s- signed with Floss, we were like, we got my, my name was so- Shawty Soldier. As the artist, <laughs> That's, I'm not gonna lie, literally the worst name I've ever heard. Of <laughs> <laughs> Top three, terrible. You know, I'm thinking like Shoddy. I love the name Shoddy, and then Soldier, as in like just getting through life or whatever. Soldier, you know. I used to be in school looking at people like this, thinking I was cool, and they would do it right back, like I was really the shit. Yeah. But um, we had to come up with a name, and I was like Nisha in my middle name. I'm not gonna tell y'all my first name. Go Google it because I'm not telling you. You can just say your first name. No, uh, they can go find it. But okay. my middle name is Nashe, with an A, not mm. E. People can find your name. It's pretty fucking. Yeah, easy. go find it. That, right, that'll give them a reason to go Google. Yeah, go Google me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing uh, to keep yourself like vibrant and happy and just relaxed? Like, what's your off time looking like? It's looking real gymish. Gymish? Yeah, I work out every day. Gym, 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 gym? Yeah, lifting. Oh, okay, yeah, I've seen videos of that. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the gym, gym. But how is that like, that's a, that you, you you have fun? You're you're excited doing that? Yes. What the fuck? I've you... always been athletic. I loved basketball. I grew up doing soccer, basketball, all the sports you could think of, track, cross country. So bench pressing is like fun to you? Yeah. You're enjoying it as you're doing it. Like, this is fucking awesome. Absolutely. Right? Listening to my music. Okay, shit. Mm-hmm. And well, my plan is to cross hip-hop and, you know, the gym so i plan on hopefully getting some detroit artists in the gym with me we talk about the songs that we have on our playlists and you know just what our health goals are and shit like that and i feel like that'll be dope for the city is your music the only thing on your playlist when you're working out or do you get something special nine times out of ten yeah i'm listening to me who's the one out of ten? One out of ten that new shit by Nicki minaj bussin uh the drake um knife talk I, sometimes I listen to some African music. Like it just be random songs that I put on. Um, but nine times out of ten, I'm listening to me. Uh, I did notice. I did listen to some of your songs where I seen the features. Okay, I'm not gonna name names <laughs> or anything like this. But what I will say is this: your style is definitely not in the mainstream yet. Like I haven't heard anybody who resembles your sound yet. R&B trap. Exactly. Um, I have heard other female artists where they do sound like Nicki Minaj, where they do sound like fucking whatever that other chick's name is, Cardi B. Mm. I, I, she's like, you know, it's funny me saying it like that. She's like a billionaire and I'm like fucking some broke guy. I'm like <laughs> that one fucking girl. No, but no, I'm just kidding. But uh, basically, how the fuck did you not get, how did you not bite style? How did you come up with your own style? Oh, man, I was just the first thing off bails that I wanted to not be is like everyone else. So I was like, the first way I could start is by calling my music a different genre. Mm. And then not only that, I can sing and rap and not just sing. I could sing and not just rap. I could spit bars, you know, not that I'm even lyrical because I'm not. I don't consider myself to be one of those like metaphorical ass artists, but I could tell a story and my, uh, you know, my melodies and melodies be cold yeah 
there you can't match my shit yeah like i think Lil kim is one of those artists everybody says is like you know very lyrically inclined there's not too many of them but obviously you're saying you're just like here for have fun with the music or have a good time with it or a raw emotion um and just use your melodies and a way of singing to entertain versus like crazy ass lyrics that you have to put together in your mind or whatever yeah, it's easier to tell my story and to tell a reality or to tell something that somebody else has been through with not having to be metaphorical about it mm. you know and it's still art and it's still relatable has there ever, ever been an article about you or something about you that's been released and you were like that's totally incorrect um far as blogs go not really but people all day mm. all the time i've seen plenty of stuff from people that you know be like what the fuck i went through so much hate for when i first came out because people you know we're mad that i the ipsy detroit thing has always been like a fucking whatever you want to call it people be like she's not from detroit i know i'm not from detroit you know i know i'm from ipsy a lot of people don't even know what ipsy is y'all see how the city girls did uh i forgot how she said the word uh but she said it wrong and uh you know like one time i made a status like i'm from ipsy raised in here born whatever you know you know and it started this trend on fucking facebook where everybody was like i was born in inkster raised in detroit (laughs) you know da 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 da, from ann arbor like whatever it started a trend that's heat and all i was trying to and all i've ever been trying to do is like represent for where i'm from and it's ipsy i mean detroit obviously took me under their wing Ipsy don't got all the DJs and radio stations and the fucking venues for the shows. and shit. Ipsy don't got all that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Ipsy. I'm saying Ipsy is some motherfucking haters. They be hating. Who hates on Ipsy? Ipsy hates on, the, on they people, on their artists. Oh, I didn't know that. And y'all know that. I didn't know that at y'all all. Y'all know Ipsy be hating. For no reason, though. And I don't understand what the hate is about because i love ipsy i love my city my mama was from there and that's really the main reason i represent it because yeah i was raised in belleville raised in ann arbor raised in inkster you feel me but i was born in ipsy south side and that's what i represent and that makes people mad why are you mad for that's what i'm asking you do you have any information i want fucking people are mad at you like- no no they just be mad no, that's fucking weird. I never understood the hate because I'm like cool well, look, as fuck. I'm a genuine person. Like, look what they do with Eminem though. Like, he was born wherever he was born, and like they're always saying, "Well, he's not really from Detroit." Or I whatever. do understand the hate. Yeah, it's because I'm motherfucking great, and a motherfucker don't know what to do with the greatness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's all good because I'ma still represent Ipsy no matter the fuck what. That's where I'm from. I'm from the South Side, okay. Mm. And I still fuck with Ips. I mean, Detroit. They adopted me. That's what I call it. Shit, I was adopted as a kid anyway. Might as well say Detroit adopted me. <laughs> Fuck it. Now, we talked about um, your interviews, and you recently... I don't think it was that recent, but was it Breakfast Club that recent? Mm-hmm. It was pretty recent, right? Oh, two years ago, maybe? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that recent. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that, though. What was that experience like? Hmm. The Breakfast Club had me nervous. I did that with Dre Butters. Shout out to Dre Butters. Uh, um, but sh- shout out to Angela Yee, too, because she basically put that together too like allowed me to come (sighs) but answering those questions and stuff i feel like it's some shit that i need to not really elaborate on but clarify i think you do need to elaborate because i felt like a lot of the stuff was like pause all right next and and i didn't get to hear what you really were supposed to trying to say or try to express yourself well thinking back on the shit that i said in the interview (laughs) like to ask me about being dropped 
from uh, Rock. And I think my answer was something along the lines of like, uh, yeah, Rock Nation dropped me, but the world didn't. And I don't know why I'm so upset about that answer. Why? <laughs> because I felt like it was kind of ego. Arrogant? Yeah, mm-hmm. for me to say that. Because even though I know the world didn't, and I have fans that genuinely fuck with me, whether or not I'm signed to Rock Nation or not, but that answer just didn't, it didn't feel like me when I said that shit. It felt like emotions and just me being where I was and feeling like, yeah, they dropped me, but it's all good. Even though inside I didn't really feel like that, I was kind of frustrated and disappointed. But um, I came up on top of that. And then, like, um, I said another answer where they was asking me about trusting people. DJ Envy asked me how it is about trusting people, and I was like, I don't trust people, and I don't trust myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why the fuck would I, I say I don't trust myself? I remember that, yeah. Why the fuck would I say that? I don't fucking know. Like, that's pressure. That shit had me feeling, one, I was in a relationship at the time, right? So I felt like they were watching, and I didn't want to say anything wrong. So that was the first thing that came to mind. Like, don't I don't trust them. They shouldn't trust me type shit. I don't know. But you know what? I do trust myself, and I might not have in that moment or at that time, and that's why I said that. But now, in this day... Um, I do trust myself and I trust me more than I trust anybody. Of course. And I trust my intuition more than I trust someone's opinion. Or... Maybe you were just trying to be a rapper at that moment or something. Yeah, or was it like just... you, you were trying to put that like image out at that moment maybe? I don't know. I was trying to portray, you know, just being strong. Strong, right. Sorry. And basically, yeah. you know, just having that wall up like it don't really bother me type shit. Like, regard, like I'm good. You feel mm-hmm. me? And that was just like an arrogant answer, just basically like brushing how I, how I really feel off, which was frustrated yeah. and disappointed that I made this major move that didn't turn out how I wanted it to. It's all good, though. I just it was certain questions in that interview. I felt like I was under pressure to answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because it, like that's kind of how did you, did you do you walk into that place? Obviously, before you get there, did you, do you re- kind of think about what you're going to say or anything like that? Do you have anything in mind before you go in? I did that shit on the way to you. Oh, for real? I think we do that. As artists, we do that on the way to any interview. We're thinking, what are they going to ask us? Yeah. What is my answer going to be? And yeah, I went through that. And it was horrible because I'm like, this is one of the biggest interview fucking platforms platforms ever. Like, I need to have the right answers. Yeah, because so. regardless of YouTube views, they're every they're here hard everywhere. So you're like, this is your chance to grab new fans, maybe lose fans if you say the wrong mm-hmm. shit. Like, all types of shit can go wrong. So the yeah. pressure is there. Do you still feel that type of pressure going into interviews now? Yeah, interviews give me anxiety. Oh, really? But uh, I pushed through because... That's why you needed the weed, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. A if I had of, known... A little bit of ganja never hurt nobody. Yeah. But um, I love interviews also because it gives me the opportunity to speak to my fans and, and inform them and enlighten them on what's going on with me right now. Because yeah, they don't always see my shit on social media. But they'll go watch my interviews and see it, you know. So, um, do you still got another 10 minutes or are you, um, cause we got, I think I got to change that battery, but you, yeah. st- you got another 10 on you. I'm good. I'm not rushing. Yeah. Dej Loaf is actually an artist that I hear compared to you a lot. Yeah. I, I heard that a lot in the beginning of my career as well. Um, but I think that our aesthetics, whatever the aesthetics? word is, aesthetics, hmm. <laughs> our aesthetics are different. And when it comes to the music, she's mm. a little more laid back than me, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I've always fucked with her when when Try Me first came out. Um, I was really, 
with that shit. I like that song. Um, cause I like that female gangster shit or whatever. But yeah. um, we have yet to do a song. I came out right after her, and I feel like uh, she's laying low right now. But she gonna come out with some fire, and uh, everybody gonna be like, "Oh shit!" They thought Days Lope was like done with the shit, but she coming back. I know she coming back. I noticed a lot of female artists once they hear to a cer- certain point, like you said, everything opens, all the doors open. Actress, uh, doing, becoming an actress, you know, uh, moving product or anything like that, yeah. just becoming a public figure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you like that approach? And do you feel like you want to fit into that area too? And you already are, obviously, but do you feel like you want to hit that public figure side more, just being like an entrepreneur with this shit, not just being known for music? I feel like it's important to be. Um open to other doors because like we're not meant to master one thing but many Mm -hmm. and you know i could have used this music thing that i'm going through and been like fuck music i'm either get a job and get back to the normal nine to five be a wife and have a kid and marry and call it call it a day but i'm bigger than that i'm so creative i can act um i can really produce music you know i've made beats and stuff before um Cool. And it's just like limitless for me. So that's where I'm at. I find my inspiration in knowing that I'm a jack of all trades. Mm. Now, uh, do you see artists uh, straying away from studios now more? Do you feel like the... I my, my thing with studios is this. I don't like how they took out real instruments now. I feel like real instruments were used in the 90s and the early 2000s way more than they are now. Like nobody's bringing out a bass anymore to do mm-hmm. a bass line and shit like that. What do you think about the studio artist relationship these days or even how artists approach the studio these days? Yeah, I feel like it could be better. Artists should definitely be linking up in the studio and helping each other to create the sound and the music um, like they did back in the day. I mean... There's vlogs and studio sessions you can look up on YouTube of artists uh, and them creating together. Like, um, and I think it's important just to help with the not connection, but the way that the the music flows. Mm. I feel like you get a whole different outcome when you're in the studio and you got the artist with you and you guys can go off each other's vibe rather than sending each other the song. I mean, obviously, I've done pr- plenty of songs where they've been sent to me and I send them back, but I have nothing against getting in the studio and catching a vibe with another artist. Like, I like that more. Yeah. I think that's more enjoyable. What do you, um, how do you, what's your ritualistic aspect before going into a studio or handling a studio process? Mm. Do you have a ritualistic aspect? Do you, do you do anything like every single time I go to the studio, I do this specific thing? Make sure I eat. Okay. Because I hate to be hungry in the <laughs> studio. Oh my God. Well, unless somebody brings some food or whatever. Um, and I just like to be in a good vibe. I don't like to have negative energy around me in the studio. I like to be able to think. I don't like somebody that's over-opinionated, you know. Mm. When I'm locked into... I can take criticism and opinions and ideas. But when you try to, like, completely flip what the fuck I got going on, it takes me out of my, like, element. I just like to be locked in. And I feel like I'm really good at catching a vibe. Yeah, like somebody being like, you should try this. And then like, they're always wrong every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, you should try this. And you'd be like, you try it and it's not good enough. And they'd be like, well, can you do this? Like, and they'd just be excessive about it. Like, bro, you want to give them that? <laughs> yeah. Or then people that'd be like, they want a hook or they just want a verse. And then you get there and they then they want to add this and they want you to throw this on there. And ooh, it's like, yeah. you know. People would be trying to get You off. didn't fall into the family trap, right? So you didn't get into that thing where like, oh, I have kids and uh, I'm married and stuff. Or do you, oh, I'm sorry, do you have kids and I don't? No. Okay, I was going to say. I have dogs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you didn't fall into that trap, which a lot of people fall into and try to manage like the wife, kids, 
Mm-mm. I want to be a rapper thing, which is very difficult, obviously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you? Did, was there a moment where you almost got involved in that? Like, oh, I'm about to screw everything up. Not screw everything up, but I just noticed like a lot of these female artists that have are struggling had kids before they tried to make it, and now they're trying to make it. Mm-hmm. Like Nicki Minaj had a kid like ten years after she made it. There's been times when I've been in a relationship with someone, and I'm like, my money. Where's my money? <laughs> what the hell have you got? You the devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got my money fucked up. You distracted me or whatever. And, like, I got to let this go. Yeah. And I've let it go and my money got back flowing type shit. So it's been stuff like that. Not where I've been like, oh, I'm about to throw it all away or whatever. Mm. Uh, what's your break? I can't lie. There's yeah. been times where I got into some shit in a relationship where I'd be like, fuck I'm not going. I had a show that night and I got in a fight and I'd be like, fuck the show or fuck the interview, you know? But I had to grow out of that and stop letting outside things fuck up what's really going for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, a lot of artists go through that. Their relationship troubles, it can fuck up their studio time and all types of Mm -hmm. shit. What's your breakup method? How do you like uh, introduce a breakup to a guy? I hate breaking up with people. Me too. And it's normally me because people don't (laughs) like to let me go. Yeah. Oh, man. And I try to do it in a nice way. I've had to break up where I don't talk to you ever again. What about the part where you tell them you're not I don't. Be- Damn. I just stop talking to them completely. Just ghost them in life? I've had to. Damn. I've had to because I've had people who are just obsessive mm-hmm. and will not, no matter what I say, how I give it to them, they're not going to stop. So to this day, I've got an ex that will not leave me the fuck alone. On all my social media, be sending me crazy messages and threatening me and all type of stuff. Block. I've blocked multiple pages and yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, that's wild. Uh, I feel like breaking up with somebody is hard, but not talking to them anymore is like the worst shit you can possibly do. Know, Just, that's like ruthless. I think they call it ostracizing somebody, which is like <laughs> it can literally cause trauma. You have to be nicer when you break up with somebody. You gotta you gotta find a new technique. You can't just not talk to somebody anymore. I have. I remember done that a girl long did time. that to me, and I was literally like broken up. I was heartbroken for like two years, oh and I God. and I never even dated her. But still, like I'm was, so sorry. No, you can't be doing that. You gotta tell the motherfucker like, listen, all right, it's not working out between us. I do, or you just give them the classic line. It's not me. It's you. Or I'm sorry, it's not you. It's me. Uh, that's what I did in my last relationship. You said it's not you. It's me. I absolutely did. Yeah. That's all you can do sometimes. Because even even if you say it's not me, it, I mean, even if you say it's not you, it's me. They still gonna feel like it's them. So you just be like. <laughs> yeah, and they know that line too. So they're like, wait a minute, I hear this shit on TV. You can't give me that line. Yeah. So it feels like bullshit, basically. Well, what if it is that? That's the whole point. At the end of the day. Yeah. I told a girl that like three days ago, a girl I wasn't even dating seriously. She was like, she asked me out. Like, she was like, do you want to go study with me? And I, I responded very disrespectfully. I said, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> Which I shouldn't have said that. But I, the whole thing, I was like, it's not you, it's me. And she's like, oh, don't don't give me that. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, yeah, right, that's right. the one we've all heard before. Yeah, exactly. So it's like out there already. I don't like breaking up with people. I don't like even getting deep enough to have to break up with someone, to be honest. I, um... After my last relationship, I've really been single for two. Like flinging, basically. Flinging. What Fling- did uh, what did Will Smith's wife call it? Entanglement. Entanglements. Yeah. Entanglements. Left and right entanglements. But now her entanglement was some bullshit entanglement because that that was just. I feel like listen. Was it? Why was it bullshit? Wasn't she, she, wasn't she just straight up cheating? No, because no, they cheating. don't have a monogamy relationship. No, I, listen. In my opinion, what happened was this. They were, they did not have an open relationship. She did that shit. She talked about it. 
Will thought the only way to save face was to say, well, we were broken up at the time, which is what he said. That way he didn't look like a disgrace because come on, man, you can't, you can't let your wife say that and then be like, oh, there was no reason behind it. But so she, they didn't she, have an open relationship at the time. He said they broke up and then she did that and they got back together. What I really think was she did that. He figured it out and was like, okay, well, I'm not letting the public know. It was like, yeah. that. Make no, I'm not going to mm. let nobody know about that shit. I just, I don't know. At the end of the day, like, you just got to look at it like this. Too many people know about your relationship. Something's going to go wrong. And that's just what it is. All, all the new girls I date, they're like, can you please just keep this low key? Like, <laughs> not not because I don't want people to know that you're here, but because I don't want anybody to fuck this up. You know, yeah. You know, too many people knowing about your relationship, too many fucking mouths getting your ear. Like, you know what I'm saying? It just gets too crazy sometimes. Mm. Um, I feel like for you, it's going to be easy, obviously, to move and find somebody new. <laughs> but at the same time, you're, you're recovering. You're not going to just hop into something new. Mm-mm. It's gonna, you're gonna have to fucking be able to pick the world up on your back and walk with that bitch for I say yeah because I'm just enjoying living with myself and enjoying and giving myself the love that I've been giving to everybody for so long what's your, your care what's your care day for yourself how do you like pamper yourself for a whole day um I love to do my own makeup and my own hair um I like to just clean. What put clothes away <laughs> i like to smoke my weed i like to record music i mean this is just a gist of what i do i love to be around my friends uh, i love to eat food and cook okay um i love my dogs i'm just like i'm not that difficult of a person i'm pretty simple mm. and i do what i love like outside of my home life and me taking care of my pets and taking care of my home and making sure my friends are all good and my sister because i have one sibling um, I just do music and I love what I do and I'm just a passionate, genuine person. I don't fuck with all the extra shit. Does anybody from your past ever call you and like, you know, that might be still where they were when you met them, you know, yeah. maybe talk about whatever the fuck and, and can't call me, but I know they still where they at though. <laughs> it's fucked up. But what's the conversations like you don't you so you don't talk to anybody from like your past, past, past that like you just knew them kind of. Um anybody from my past, past, past. No. So, yeah, everybody's just somebody who's on track with you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If you're not on the same track as me, you pretty much got cut off or are on the way there. I don't really talk to people like that um, that aren't my friends every day. Yeah, that sucks. Why? Because then it's like, what about the people that like just fuck with you, but they just didn't know how to like get there with you? Um, We'll fuck with each other as the time is like, right? And as it means to be means, but like I don't force anything. Mm. I'm not. I reach out to people all the time. I'm a like I like to have my relationships and my friendships and connections. I just I'm not an overextensive type of person. Like, what's one thing about the industry that you never expected it to be like that, but it is like that? And is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Never expected to be like uh, anything. Just before you got into it, and then you got into it, and you're like, wow, that's really how that goes. You think people will fuck with you more? Mm. like because it's just so easy to have that connection you got the internet phones it's so many ways to have a connection with someone you would think people would fuck with you more but at the same time people be busy you're not entitled to anyone's time i guess you know so it'd be some people i wish would fuck with me heavier because i fuck with them but I'd be cool because I know we're going to see each other when we get like when the time is right. I believe in divine timing and I believe in not forcing any relationships with people. You know, I just know how I am like genuine and my uh, intentions 
yeah. are solid. Is there know? any is there any update for your fan base right now? Some things that they just don't know that's going on with you right now that you would want them to know about? I need my fans to know that I'm not letting up no time soon. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, who's trying to stop me, what music I can't put out, but I'm always going hard in the paint. I'm always in the studio, you know, building my catalog. And I have a bunch of amazing music for you guys that I will be putting out. Just appreciate the patience. <laughs> Who's going to be shooting your music videos upcoming? Um, I just shot a video the other day with Cash. Everybody knows who Cash is. Um, I've shot videos with Diego out the city, um, Hustleberry, um, who else? Well, who do you Marty. Have, do you have it planned out for the future guys, like the the future music videos that you're going to shoot? Oh, no. You haven't planned it out yet? Mm-mm, just oh, how I am. <laughs> no, not me. I, I don't shoot music videos like that no Oh, you more. don't? No, nah, I do. Well, I let do me shoot. get you out of retirement. I, I, I'm, shit, I'm podcasting right we'll now. We'll keep thinking about it. I'm, I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can't balance both now. Okay, we'll be, the, we'll be back <laughs> to shooting videos. That is funny. No, I got 10 million to my name in, uh, in views. You should. Yeah. I bet you don't. Yeah, I, yeah do. let me get another, t- let me get some millions. <laughs> don't be stingy now. You got 15,000 subscribers, all right? Yeah, it's that's big time. Set. I'm big time, all right? You wouldn't know about that okay okay uh i I do like your fashion sense a lot i do like um this bag too can we talk about this bag is this a local brand oh yes we'll bring up the bag william palmer black owned business you guys see it out of detroit make sure you guys get you one they come in multiple colors handmade okay yeah that's he i would i would definitely rock that Thanks. If it was black, I would rock it. I swear. <laughs> I mean, guys are wearing the man purses anyways. They Might really well are, but I, um, Okay, I noticed your hand when you were picking that bag up the left one. What's what? No, yeah, what's what? Is that Chinese? Oh man! Every time I go get my nails done, I feel like they look at me like that doesn't say what I think it says, but I think it says prayer, spirit, um, soul, and forgiveness or something along those lines. I mean, it, it's been so long since I got them, and then I'm probably gonna get them covered up. Really? Yeah, I'm probably gonna get like a piece or something over it because I was just young and wanted something on my hand, and that was the first thing I came up with. Did you like the symbols, or did you know what you needed the meaning behind it? The meaning was was it for me the yeah. spirit, prayer, soul, forgiveness type situation? But I don't even think it says that. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the thing about tattoos is like I haven't gotten them in a long. I've gotten one fixed touched up shit like that but i haven't gotten tattoos for years because i got them when i was younger and i felt like that was like a release for me i was going through a lot of pain mentally and stuff like that so it was like tattoos was my release and now that i'm older and i'm enlightened the shit hurt (laughs) it shit hurt worse than it used to hurt when i was younger i can't get tattoos like that anymore so i mean yeah you got them like everywhere pretty much not everywhere but it's close you got stump the stomach my my whole arm's done i got the side of my leg right here i got one right here i have my back is done um but the pain now is just not it for me i heard that like when you're in a relationship and somebody's your girlfriend or boyfriend starts changing their appearance, that means they're getting ready to dip. Like if they change their hair color and shit, they get a Watch test. out, they change it up on your I'm ass. trying to tell is it true though? Is it is that like a, a signal like, hey yo, I just changed my hair from blonde to fucking red. Does that is that like you saying I feel like that's after the relationship like if you get out of a relationship and it's bad and you're trying to heal and move on and be a new, better person. That's when you switch your hair up. But if you switch it up when you're in a relationship with somebody, it's because you want them to, you know, Cat. see that there's more sides to you. No, it's checking out. It's the thing girls do before they leave you is they check out first. Did that happen to you? Yes. 
But okay, what if they do it before and after? Exactly. Then this is what they do. Like me. I I switch my shit up all the time. Hair, mm. look, everything. I was lo- I had locks for like a year and six months or some shit like that. I wear wigs all the time. I will swap my hair out whenever. And I'll be in a relationship with somebody. It's not necessarily I'm trying to get out of the or move on is like shit is so many different sides to me you gotta see this other character that i came up with last <laughs> night before i went to sleep shit you know it's a look it's a look and i have many looks well you you said earlier many personalities so, yeah. so i'm assuming that because the personalities change the look feels like it needs to come out a certain day or whatever sometimes yeah did you name these personalities i haven't came up with names for all of them yet but i know how they act and i know their attitudes and shit who are they not one of them is not very nice. I haven't seen her yet. Mm, you don't want to see her. <laughs> so one's a bitch. <laughs> one is a bitch for sure. Um, one is like more like um, like gleeful, like almost childish. Not completely. Like I talk like a like baby. S- yeah, not a baby. No, just more. Yeah, childish. Yeah, childish. like spoiled type shit. Like I see her come out sometimes when I'm to talking out? to a man. Okay, man. Okay. Yeah. So um, that the assertion alpha woman that I am and the submissive woman that I am, I feel like those are different personalities. Um, and then like when I'm pissed off, it's the person you don't want to see. I mean, obviously I have a happy side of me, which is the side most people always see, it, and that's why they always want to be around me. I have good vibes. Yeah, for sure. Very inspirational, very like motivational. I will push people to be and do better and be happy. But when I'm pissed off, you're pissed off. You're pissed off. <laughs> your mom's pissed off. Your cousin's <laughs> pissed off. We're all pissed off. Yeah. That's not the person you want to be around is the pissed off Nisha. Yeah, right on. Your day's fucked up. My day's fucked up. My day's fucked up. Your day's fucked up. Are you nice to your producers? Like if they're fucking up? Yes, I heard. I heard Hollywood like st- I heard celebrities like treat their producers like shit. Like if they make a mistake, a producer could never say I treated them like shit. Okay. Ever. So you're always nice to everybody that works with you. I am very nice and understanding, easy to work with. I have had moments where I'm kind of like uh, eh, questioning what it is you want me to do. Like if you're like do this, and I'm like why type mm. shit. Which can frustrate some people because I like I'd be stuck in my own way sometimes just me like knowing what it is I do and don't want. So that's that. But like I'm always respectable. Never disrespected any producer I've ever worked with. I don't respect I don't disrespect people, period. I'm just like unless you disrespect me and then we got a fucking problem. Right. What would you call the chapter of when this began and what would you call this chapter? The chapter of uh, that I began Silver Linings. Mm. The chapter that I'm in now, <laughs> they hate to see it. Damn. They hate to see it. They hate to see you overcoming the shit that had you low. They hate to see you make it through what they thought was going to stop you and overcome and overachieve. They hate to see that shit. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Getting back to just uh, before we close out, just to tap on the Rock Nation situation again, um, the whole the whole ordeal of what happened and walking can you just give it a quick walkthrough again just like a quick walkthrough beginning to end now that we've talked about it for so long do you see a different perspective or is it still the same thing in your mind of how everything played out and can you walk us through it real quick so i signed with my manager signed to a label signed to rock nation rock nation got a new president and dropped me 
from there, everything went left. Mm. Um, my perspective of it now is that I needed to go through that to know, grow through that, not go, grow through it, to know how to handle a situation in the future if I ever sign to another major. And uh, it's unfortunate. Sometimes we have a plan in our head of how something should or how we want it to turn out, and it doesn't. And I feel like that'd be the worst part, you know. But outside of that, I'm not hurt. My career is not tarnished. It's not at a complete halt and nobody fucks with me type shit, you know. I'm still blessed to do what I love, to still have the connections I have, to have the impact that I have. Um, You just... I'm not the only one that goes through this type of shit. A lot of artists go through the, you know, the bullshit, bankruptcy, all type of shit. I'm glad I ain't got to that point. They wouldn't mind if I did, though, but we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, like at least you're not broken shit, like right. starving artist or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? God is good and always makes a way for me, and that I do believe uh, everything comes to me abundantly. You feel me? I'm never in need, I always have what I want. So what's been like the glamorous moments of your career? Because we've been talking about a lot of the sad stuff or like, you know, things that haven't worked out. But like, what has been the glamorous parts for you? Even just if you've been somewhere like have you been to on vacation, not vacation, but like working somewhere that wasn't exciting or a collaboration that was like super, super exciting or anything like that. Yeah, I have a collaboration with E40. I've met Trina, Timbaland, uh, French Montana, Chris Brown, mm. it go, the list goes on and on. I've met amazing people. Big Sean, Tyler, the creator. What the fuck? Okay. What the fuck is Tyler, DJ the creator Khaled. like? What was he like? What's Tyler, the creator like? Just creative. What was he like as a person though? Funny. Really? Like witty. Is like, he like that in person? So in real life, he's like that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. In real life, he's really a witty person. Funny, just cool as fuck, you know? Um, Damn. But those were beautiful moments for me because... To be around people of that caliber shows that you are worthy and valuable enough to even be there. It's a lot of people that would die and kill to be around the people I've been around. So those have been like the biggest blessings in my life and have inspired me to know that I can and am supposed to be there. Yeah, you, you belong know? at the moment. Those yeah. moments you were there weren't like luck or just bullshit. They were mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to be next to these God people. God placed me there with those people. Yeah. And uh, I never take that for granted. I never take any of the experiences I've had, including my label that I've dealt with and being with Rock Nation and being dropped and the tour and not getting paid. And those things have all made me stronger and have allowed me to know how to handle future situations in this industry. Because I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, so I might as well keep learning. Yeah. Ah, oh, beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is fucking uh, this is fucking awesome talking to you. It really was. Thank you. This is really, really cool. Is there anything you wanted to touch on? Anything you wanted to talk about? Um, I mean, I could go on for days. I'm just a talker, you no, know. No, no, you're cool. No, we could talk we could talk. I just didn't I I I'm looking for like a moment in your life that isn't depressing me. No, I was kidding. No, <laughs> for real. It's, it's, has it sounded all sad? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. I'm, joking. I'm joking. No, but um, it, because even for me, like right now, like, you know, I'm in a position with what I'm doing that everything feels like work all the time. And it doesn't feel like work work. Like when you're working a job, it just feels like, damn, when do I get to relax for a second? Yeah. But I didn't, I don't get to do things that I'm sure somebody at your status got to do. Like, did you ever get to go on a trip or something for work? Or did you ever get to do something that was, like, fucking exhilarating or something that, like, you never dreamed you'd be doing? I mean, 
the I performed when I was on tour with Big Sean. I performed in New York at the um, like the biggest venue they have out there, and I can't remember what the hell the place is called. Madison I, Square Garden. Madison Square. I performed there. Yeah, literally the biggest like fucking literally venue. Literally the yeah, biggest yeah. place you could <laughs> fucking perform. Like, and that was huge, and not getting booed, and like the whole crowd loved me. I yeah. mean. That whole tour was exhilarating for me. It's strangers listening to me fucking perform that love me, you know? And that was, like, just one of my biggest and greatest experiences in this career thus far. And I can't wait to go on a tour of my own. I, I feel like that'll be beautiful. Outside of that, this whole journey for me has been beautiful. Mm. Aside from the bullshit, you know, I am grateful to be where I am and be who I am and be able to have the impact I have on people. It's a blessing for me. I can't complain. It is shit that I can complain about, but I can't complain. You know, I'm blessed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you forgot the name of Madison Square Garden. I know, right? I smoke too much weed. It's literally the biggest, like, venue, most known venue probably, like, in the world straight up. If, like, I got you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got my back. <laughs> literally, like, all of my favorite bands have performed. Do you listen to music outside of hip-hop? Mm-hmm. Talk about some of the bands that you uh, listen to regularly. Bands, I don't know. My grandpa always listened to rock and roll, so I could tell you like Coldplay and like shit, Heartbreaker, (laughs) Love Jagger, whatever that song is, shit like that. Always up on that. Kelly Clarkson, Alicia Keys, um, fan of the Phantom of the Opera, Jennifer Hudson, Neo, shit like that. Usher, I grew up on all that. So you're like into the pop and hip hop scene. Yeah, versatile. I love all kinds of music. I love country music. What? What's the whitest shit you like? I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four-wheel drive. That song. Your voice is fucking insane. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I did not expect that. That was fucking crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, I grew up on all of that. I've never been like just like closed in on the music scene. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just love music. Man, god damn. (laughs) When somebody does that, by the way, when they sing and like it's perfect, it's like holy shit! Like you, you get thrown. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I got thrown. I swear to God, I literally got thrown back when that happened. I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like my heart's kind of like. Yes, look. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, I I I love all types of music, but that's pop to me. You don't have like a fucking. You do you listen to like. You don't listen to rock at all. You don't listen to like fucking Radiohead, Red Hot, Chili, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Like, probably, yeah, back in the day when my grandpa used to take me to school yeah. every day and he played it in the car. Mm. Um, and you could probably play a song or start singing one and I could catch on to it. Whatever. I know a lot of rock and roll, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Smoke too much weed. Do you have any advice for upcoming female artists in Detroit? Oh, man. My advice to you guys is to not worry about who isn't fucking with you and fuck with who fucks with you. Like, the mm. most important thing is to focus on the love. Because we can get caught up in the person that's not reciprocating. But as long as you continue to be you and do what God put you here to do, which is show love or, you know, um, bring people up under you to motivate them to be a mentor, whatever the case might be, you continue to do your job and then the other shit will just fall right off, you know, right off the whoop-de-whoop. The whoop-de-whoop. The whoop-de-whoop-whoop. <laughs> Do you know? How to cook? Do you know how to cook? Yeah. Okay. What's the top dishes you can cook right now? Um, lasagna, spaghetti, salmon, crab boils. 
um, Alfredo's. I know these are all basic things I'm saying. These are just the top of the things that I love grilled chicken. Um, this is all like Italian dishes, kind of, right? I'm Italian, Sicilian. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, I thought you were. Af- are you? Are you? African- I am. American? I'm, I'm a black woman, but I'm mixed with Sicilian and German, French, Scottish. Oh my god, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Because I was like, you're not totally African American. No. Couldn't tell like the other mixes. Do you? Do, does the culture? Uh, do you guys do any cultural stuff? Like, do you do anything like in the Italian side or anything like that? Um, we just love to eat together as a family. Okay. That's one thing we make sure we don't miss out on for holidays and shit like that. Um, but yeah, outside of that, my family hasn't always been too oriented. So. Yeah, part right. of it is, but not the whole family. So that's fucking cool. I didn't know you were part Italian. Thank shit. you. Can you speak any of it? No, I wish. Oh, shit. You know, Italians be speaking French though. No, I don't know that. Oh yeah, I think Italians speaking French. I think so. Yeah, I I'm never pretty heard... sure. Look it up. No, I never heard that. I'm gonna give this uh, Nisha Nache thing one more time on Apple Music just to see if we can get this going. I just want I just want them to fix it so I can message them. Hey Siri, can you play Nisha Nache Boss Up? Now playing Boss Up by Nisha Nashi. Haha! <laughs> Nisha Nashi. <laughs> That's like fucking Japanese. <laughs> it's kind of cute though. Okay. Uh, yeah, Nisha, thank you so much for being on here. This was fucking fun. Um, you know, once this whole thing blows over and everything like that, I know you're going to fucking dominate the industry. And just get back right on track to where you were when you were fucking hitting tens, elevens, twelve hundreds, millions of views and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And everything's going to be back on track. Uh, is there anything you want to shout out to the audience or let them know about for future projects? Um, I just dropped a new video called Go Out a Bang. Um, right now, I'm taking my acting classes in L.A. So I've just, you know, been capitalizing on that. Stay tuned for new movies. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel so we can get to this hundred thousand subscribers. And shout out to my manager for holding me down. And shout out to all my fans that's been fucking with me since day one. I want to ask about, uh, I appreciate you again. Uh, We have Vantage Roto behind the camera. We're shooting at Parallel Sound Studio. We're out. Peace.